You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. His name's Ed. My name is Chris, and we do socks in the basement. It's four fans, by fans, all white socks. 30 minutes of socks talk just for you, and it's brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. If it's basically at street level or below, and it has to do with your foundation or your home, Family Waterproofing Solutions can help you stay protected. Watch out for the seepage, some pump problems, foundational issues. They cover it all. Give them a call. The number is right there on the label for the show, right on the logo, or visit FAMWS.com. portion of the proceeds going to first responders and veteran organizations. Plus, you can take money off by mentioning Socks in the Basement. So there are proud sponsors. That's out of the way. There's so much to talk about on this show. James Fox going to be joining us from Future Socks and Southside Socks, one of those more under-the-radar type beat reporters that really isn't under the radar anymore because everybody talks to James now and he's got good tidbits today. No, maybe he's just under the sonar. You know, he's, he's that, on the radar. That is a terrible joke. That is a terrible I, joke I and you should be ashamed of yourself I, for it. That I was really, bad. No, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be ashamed of anything. Well, then I'm just going to put you in timeout and we'll do the guests first. All right? James Billy Hamilton, defensive specialist and a speedster. The kind of guy an old school manager like Tony LaRussa loves. Added to the White Sox on Tuesday through a minor league deal, and do we have yet another guy in competition to end up on the roster as the 26th man? I don't know. Like, apparently, Tony LaRusso today was like on a Zoom call, like talking about like manufacturing runs or something. Like, I don't know. Like, that, that's a little bit tough to do when like every pitcher throws 97 now, but. I mean, I, I guess, like, initially when I first saw it, I thought, like, minor league depth. I think I think the biggest issue isn't the 26-man, it's the 40-man roster spot that it will take. So, I mean, if you assume that Vaughn is on the team and Jonathan Lucroy is on the team, that's two spots. You're dropping two guys, and you'd have to drop a third. I mean, I would say goodbye to... So, right. I would think Zavala's gone. I would think that Ruiz is gone. And then you got to find a third you drop off of that 40-man that would be off the top of my head what I would think would happen if all all three of those guys, if you throw Hamilton, all end up on your 40-man roster and break camp with the team. Yeah, so my guess is for Lucroy and Vaughn, it's just, it's probably Ruiz because Ruiz is on an option, so he's probably done. And then I think they can put Fry on the 60-day DL and, and clear a spot that way. So you won't have to get rid of another guy necessarily, but he would to add Hamilton. So yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think he was what you might know better than me for this. He was like just released by Cleveland like a few days ago or last week or something. So yeah, I mean, Robert's out right now. I don't think it's like any sort of like replacement or anything for like Louis Robert being injured. I just think Tony kind of says like, oh yeah, like give me that fast guy that can play defense and he's added to the mix, but I, I would still say that he's probably like minor league depth in Charlotte, but who knows? Add him to the mix with Danny Mendick and Zach Collins and all the rest of these guys. Let, let's talk about Zach Collins because I'll be honest with you, I, I thought long shot to make this roster. Now I'm trying to figure out why Lucroix, and I, and I get why Lucroix, let's be honest, it's more because of his catching ability than his hitting ability, but look at what Yerman is doing and look at what Zach Collins is doing, and if the assumption is it's Lucroix, it, it just, it's crazy. I mean, like, what, Collins has got, like, over a 1,000 OPS right now. I mean, I know it's spring, and he did that last year, 
But I, I want him to get at bats. So either he needs to be the clear number two who's getting in there and getting at bats, or I'd rather have him in AAA so he doesn't spend three weeks not picking up a bat in a game and then being, I don't know, called upon to do something big in a playoff game, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so if I were, like, doing, like, a roster projection right now, I think I would have Luke Croy and Collins on it and just not include Mendick. But I don't, I don't know what they're going to do because I kind of feel like Luke Croy was signed to be on the team. But, like... Like you said, I, I don't really, like, I don't take a ton from spring training stats, right? But, like, what else is Zach Collins supposed to do exactly, right? Like, he has 120 big league at-bats. I think he's already basically mastered AAA. He, he's made changes, you know, defensively to make him at least functional, like, in my opinion. and something I said on another show recently. Like, if Omar Narvaez can catch sometimes in the big leagues, I think Zach Collins can, too. I think he can hit righties. So, yeah, like, what do you do with him if he's not on the team? I mean, Charlotte's not starting, you know, for a month. And even if they were, he just doesn't have anything to prove down there. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he's the third catcher on the taxi squad or, or whatever. But, I, you know, I think he could, he, could, he could still break with the team. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, some more stuff up for grabs with the bench than I would have thought like three or four days ago. You know, Ed just broke down on a blog the reasoning behind LaRusa's top three pitchers because he laid it out finally that Giolito is the ace, the number two is Keuchel, the number three is Lynn. It's pretty hard to find people that will say Keuchel's a better pitcher than Lance Lynn, even though Lynn is now the three guy. But his reasoning was, well, you go, you're going righty, lefty, righty, and then you're going righty, lefty, and then you're back up to another righty again, and maybe it's easier for Tony. Are people reading too much into it when they wonder why Keuchel's the two and Lynn is the three? Probably. I just, I mean, I just think he probably went with, he probably just went with the lefty to split it up is my guess. I think like you do, I think Lance Lynn is the better pitcher than Dallas Keuchel. And who knows, right? Like once they get to the playoffs, like maybe Lance Lynn's their number two starter. Maybe Michael Kopech's their number two starter by the time they get to the playoffs. I, you know, I don't really know. But I think, you know, those, those three guys were going to be in the top three in some order. And obviously it's like Keuchel to start. I just kind of, they probably just split it up in my opinion. That's probably what it was. I, I like what you said there about Kopech. I really feel like when we get to the second half of the season, he's a starter. Right, I like if they if they do, if they leave him in the bullpen the entire season, I think I'd be disappointed. Yeah, I think it's just a way of like like look, it, it, they were gonna have to like mess with his innings somehow. I thought that was gonna be as a starter in Charlotte four innings or so, you know, early in the year. They made the or they're seemingly going to make the decision to to have none of those bullets wasted in the minor leagues per se, and have them all in the big leagues. And you know, Tony has kind of said he's going to try to get a multi-inning outings like whenever possible. So, you know, you, you do that with the intention of him starting at some point, right? I mean, if the Carlos Rodon experiment doesn't work for the sixth year in a row, you know, are you, are you really turning to Ronaldo Lopez at that point, or are you going to transition Michael Kopech to the rotation? I think you probably transition Michael Kopech to the rotation. Let's talk about Rodon. I mean, this guy was signed essentially to be the fifth starter, he doesn't translate in my mind to be a relief pitcher. I don't think he intends to go into the bullpen, but Reynaldo Lopez had one really good start and a shaky one. Is there is there any real competition there with Lopez having an option? I would think that because he has an option, they, they're either going to send him down or stick him in the bullpen. It'd be very, very difficult for him to beat out Rodon for the five spot, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Rodon's the five. 
not so much that he was given $3 million, but it's a guaranteed contract. He has no options. So he will be on the team. How long and how long of a leash he has, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, like, I heard I heard, I heard, heard your recent show where, where you talked about the Don Cooper interview on 670. And, you know, I laugh because, you know, I, I might have said this to you. When they talked about Carlos Rodon and Ian Katz said something along the lines of like, oh, he's, he's, he's learning how to utilize his lower half, like ball fishing. And I'm like, you know, like he's, been in the, he's been on the team for six years. It took him six years to realize that, you're lo- that utilizing your lower half is important while pitching. Like what, what was Don Cooper telling this guy? Like stand tall chief and like throw strikes and like that's it. Like that's like the, the gist of the pitching instruction. That I just, I don't understand. Like I, I just like, it's like, like Rodon just like woke up and he's like, oh, maybe I should use my legs more. Like seriously? Like this is what, I don't know. Maybe he can cast as a pitching whisperer or maybe he's just competent and we're not used to it. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. I keep thinking to myself as cats, like some kind of different kind of uh, guy who who uses a different method to get guys to listen to him, or was Cooper just behind? And it's like you know you, you don't want to disparage a guy who I think if there's such a thing as a Hall of Fame pitching coach, he would be it. I mean, the guy had an incredible tenure and did a lot of good things. And I've talked to other guys around baseball at the minor league level and major league level who 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 look at pitching and say Don Cooper's forgotten more about pitching than most of us know. But he also seems like he was missing something with some of these guys, and it was a good thing that they got a fresh set of eyes in there. Yeah, Don Cooper loves advanced analytics. Just, just ask him; he'll tell you. I think he told the <laughs> fellows last week. You know, he's like, "I, I know all that stuff. I love it. I read a book about it. I was doing that stuff in the. I was, I was doing that stuff in the seventies. It just wasn't called analytics. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I think Coop served a purpose for a very long time. Like you said, I think he was very good. I think the Coop will fix him thing kind of became a joke, but it was true once. Right. But I think 31 years in one organization is probably long enough. I would think so. I've never had that kind of job security in my life. Let's, uh, before I, before I let you go, uh, it looks like Eaton's the two hitter and possibly Moncada goes into the four spot. Do you think that that's true? Looking at these lineups lately? I I actually don't think they're going to hit Eaton two, but I think Moncada might hit four. I think Grandall is going to hit two. Okay. So you think once once Yasmani's back and healthy, he's probably the two hitter. I think so. I think they're just trying to balance like righty lefty. So I like Moncada too. But if they think that Moncada will be the best version of himself, like behind Abreu and in front of Eloy, because he'll he'll be forced um, to attack more than being passive, then I guess like I'm willing to to check out like that experiment and see what he looks like, right? Because like I like the. 360, 370 on base percentage you want Mankata, but when he's up there looking to walk, like sometimes he lets pitches that he can murder go by. So maybe they're trying to find a happy medium there with him, right? Where he can where he can strike and kind of be more of a run producer than like an on base type guy. And like for all the jokes about Tony Larusa and I've made him um, myself. I, I don't think they're going to hit Eaton too. And uh, it, it just, at least I hope they're not going to. I think I tweeted about it and I've said it like, oh, yeah, haha, Eaton's going to hit two and Madrigal's going to be up there at the top. I, I, I think he's going to be down at eight, nine with, with Madrigal, and I think that's probably the, the best way to line it up. And then, you know, what they do two through seven, hopefully it doesn't matter that much. That's James Fox. He joins us every once in a while. He's a good dude. He's from Future Sox and Southside Sox. And 
This seems like this is a rough time for you. You're probably pretty busy. I hear a baby in the background. Like, are you getting any sleep? Yeah, we sleep. He, so that's the one thing. Like, he, he's really good. He sleeps at night. Um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't like napping, but I think we'll take the overnight sleeping. So yeah. Well, when he gets older, he'll like napping. I took a great nap the other day. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I will, I will say, well, before I hang up with you, it, it, it is White Sox extension season. I know, like, sometimes I... I do this on your show. I don't. I don't. I don't have like a specific name, but over the next like seven or ten days, it is. I would say something to watch for because, from what I know, you know they they've kind of gone to some of their players. This is the time they do it, right? And there's like, hey, anybody interested in in, in these deals? And they kind of see who bites at this time, and uh, we'll see if anything comes to fruition on that. I mean, the obvious name would be Andrew Vaughn. I have I have no indication that you know they're like in talks with Andrew Vaughn. I just know that with all this talk of him possibly being on the opening day roster, I would think that an extension is very possible. Um, and then a guy in the bullpen on a smaller deal, you know, a guy like Evan Marshall, it wouldn't be very much money, but that's the type of thing that goes a long way with like agents when you take care of a guy like that, like, you know, three years, like 11 million or something. It's kind of just like, okay, whatever type thing. But, you know, when you take care of guys like that, they have future clients that take notice. So I don't think it's going to be Lucas Giolito or anything like that, but Vaughn or Marshall or somebody, I, I bet they get at least one done because they seemingly always do. All right, something to look for here in the last couple of weeks of spring training as we get closer to the season. James Fox, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, man, you got a chance to stop out there, Cork and Carry at the park, April 10th, pregame and during the game if you want to hang out. You know, I, everybody's on their own schedule right now getting around people and stuff, but we'll be there if you want to show up. Alrighty, sounds good. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. You're lucky you wrote a good blog today at SocksInTheBasement.com. If you have not read Mismatched Socks by Ed, it comes out once or twice a week. His observations on the team, and he takes more of a deep dive. It's a companion, if you will, to this program. Uh, Check out the one that he put out here early on in the week. Just came out yesterday. If this show comes out on Wednesday, it came out on Tuesday. And there's some good stuff in there. I like your unwritten rules for the beginning of the season including the one that says uh, don't capitalize on this to the point where you're buying tickets as a season ticket holder and then trying to sell the tickets for an ungodly amount of money. I've already seen tickets for opening day going for like six, $700. Those will, those will be up over a thousand soon and it's opening day. That's it's going to be nuts right now. It's a shame. Yeah. I, I, I don't want you to buy your boat off of the first two series of, of the season. Go wait. Wait until the playoffs, and then then gouge people. Then, I, right now, 
<laughs> we need butts in seats, right? We don't need people going, you know, going broke trying to buy these opening day tickets. We need them in the park buying concessions, buying merchandise, spending their money into Jerry's pocket because that raises the revenues, which raises the payroll, which means that we can extend Andrew Vaughn and Lucas Giolito and maybe Lance Lynn if we want to. Those things are are very important. And I'm sorry, upgrading your Hyundai just lower on the list. You can wait. Wait until the 2022s are coming out. You'll get a better deal on them anyway. Right. You don't need the blue light that's going to be underneath the chassis of your Hyundai. You don't, no, you don't need no, that right no. now. You don't need the extra racing fin. You, you don't need the new stereo with the tape deck in it. You do realize cars have advanced since 1997, right? Right. <laughs> Take a breath and understand that if people have to spend too much for the tickets, they're not going to spend very much in the ballpark. And we need Jerry to get rich again because he's poor. And he needs to be rich. He needs to feel secure so that we can add pieces midway through the season if we need it. That's That was an important point. I like that. The other one I really liked was you pointing out to everybody that in a stadium that big with not a lot of fans, if you start swearing at like a guy in another section, uh, let's say a fan from Kansas City or Adam Eaton, as you pointed out, everybody's going to hear it, including small children. Like, this is not something you could get away with like you used to be able to get away with because there's not going to be very many people in the stands. Yeah, you can't just, like, drop F-bombs after every other pitch. I mean, you know, first of all, (laughs) I never understood that to begin with because, guess what, they're going to throw balls. Not everything's going to be called a strike, so you don't have to F-bomb every time a ball is called. But the other thing, too, is, is that, you know, this is an opportunity for Sox fans to show that we are a creative fun bunch of people and that we know how to give a good proper insult and not just resort to crassness because you're going to be able to to yell this out not only will all 8,000 people be able to very easily and clearly hear you no matter where you are sitting in the park but there's a pretty good chance you're going to make a couple of broadcasts and if it's on a national broadcast hey you might be famous and I think as White Sox fans we're aware of what it's going to be like because we've all been to a game or two where there were 5,000 people in the stadium. Yeah. So we kind of know what We've this is going to be. This isn't all that new. <laughs> but it's going to be all the time. Yeah. It's just going to be <laughs> constant. Okay. So get your scorecards out, your White Sox spring training roster scorecards, because there were moves made. Lots of cuts on Tuesday in case you missed them. Zach Birdie, Tyler Johnson, Jimmy Lambert, Jonathan Stever, Bernardo Flores Jr., a left-handed pitching option right there. Blake Rutherford, Gavin Sheets, Zebby Zavala, all on their way to AAA Charlotte. They have been optioned. Mike Rodolfo and Jake Berger going to Class AA Birmingham. And I find it really interesting looking at all those moves that Gavin Sheets still listed as an infielder, even though I heard all this hype, he was an outfielder now. White Sox also reassigning Felix Paulino, Mike Wright, and Cody Medeiros to the club's minicamp. The Sox now have 42 players in camp, 20 pitchers, 4 catchers, 11 infielders, and 7 outfielders, and the beat goes on. Some interesting names there. Not going to break camp with the White Sox, but... Some of those pitchers may be big names in the second half. We explain that next. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. 
and then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. So it's obvious it goes Giolito, Keiko, Lynn, Cease, and it's probably Rodan. They, they're, they're, they're I, I forcing that in there on you. Yeah. They, they put up a hype video on Tuesday, like the moment he threw like a good pitch. Like the White Sox are telling you that's your fifth starter. Fine. And then you're going to have in the pen, you're going to have Bummer, Marshall, Hoyer, Crochet, Kopech, Hendricks. And because Fry is not going to start the season, that's an open spot. And I count a second open spot. And you got Lopez and Foster as probably the two front runners because it seems like they would like to keep Stever and Lambert down to be ready to come back up again. But is there anybody else that you think goes in there? Do you think that that's pretty much how it shakes out to walk in to to opening day with that pitching staff? I think that maybe how it shakes out. I I think if you're looking for a Jace Fry replacement, you're going to have to look for, is there a lefty that's there that that could take that spot? And and, I don't know, Bernardo Flores Jr. do anything for you? Probably not. Um, we already have two lefties in crochet. And yeah, ball. and that's why I don't. You could technically, you could technically say we got, we got, we got two lefties in there. We're not going to worry about a third. And especially because you don't have that that loogie situation anymore, where you can just bring in the lefty specialist for the one batter. Since that doesn't exist, since that was ruled out, I, I think you could look at the question with Foster is whether or not he repeats what he did last year, and he's scuffled a little bit in his one outing. Lopez, I think the question is, do they want to stretch him out and keep him as a starter? Or, like a lot of teams, are they viewing him as potentially somebody who's going to come in and is going to do multi-inning stints and be the guy that piggybacks somebody like Rodon who is not going to go deep into games or to help preserve an arm here or there? Or you're going to give somebody a break every once in a while because these guys all pitched 60 to 70 innings at most last season, and now they've got to go out and pitch, what, 200? Or 180 innings? They they can't do that. Everybody's going to need a rest at some point. That's really what Lopez is. And eventually, yeah. the idea is in the second half of the season, Kopech comes in and becomes one of the five starters. So I think the White Sox look at this as two halves easily when it comes to their staff. And the staff in the first half is not the same staff for the second half at all. No, and, and, and it's going to be something where, uh, you know, Lopez, I think, I think Lopez, it depends a little bit too on and he's he's made the mechanical adjustments, but if he continues to do things like tip his pitches or if he needs something where he needs to be worked on where it's not going to cost them games, that's the only reason why he gets sent down. But otherwise, it's basically, it could be a six-man rotation of sorts because you could just sit there and play games and say, all right, you know what, we, we trust that Lance Lynn and Dallas Keuchel know how to get up for a season, even though they didn't pitch very much last year like everybody else did. And Keuchel has, hasn't pitched a lot in two years because he signed mid, you know, what, part of the way into the season in 2019. So you have an opportunity maybe to give him some rest. You have an opportunity maybe to give Lynn some rest. I think Giolito's probably going to need a breather every once in a while. Cease is the only one really that you look at and you sit there and go, he's young. Is he set to become a rubber arm? Or was he a guy that was going to do 200 innings to begin with? Or is he someone you're counting on for about five, six innings a game? And then Rodon, 
I think Rodon needs somebody to piggyback him. I think he's almost a bullpen day because I think he makes it four, maybe five if you're lucky. I don't care about the hype video. He just never has struck me as a guy that's going to go eight innings on a consistent basis. Think about the beginning of the season and the likely five guy being Rodon and guys like, let's say, Lopez, part of the staff, even though he's on the bench, right? And then think about maybe halfway through the season, instead of Rodon in that starting five, likely it's Kopech. Possibly Rodon isn't even on the team anymore. I think that's a real possibility. A guy like Lopez might be optioned back to the minors. And you might see uh, a guy like Jonathan Stever up here and Jimmy Lambert for the second half with fresh arms because everybody has to be kind of timed out because of the amount of innings they all got last year. Like, think about how possible that is. I think you're going to have a very different pitching staff in the second half of the season than the first half of the season, barring weird injuries or strange things happening. And you might even see an acquisition. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch. And as we head out the door, I want to uh, point out real quick to everybody that we had our fantasy baseball draft. I know we brought it up a few times here on the show. And I would like you to tell everybody in a dynasty league, while everybody's going out grabbing like players that will help them this year, who did I pick with the tenth overall pick? My first pick of the first with round. With the tenth overall pick, ownership group <laughs> led by Christopher Lanuti of the Ninja Black Sox selected right. pitcher Jared Kelly. That's right, we did. That's exactly. That's who right, we Chicago White Sox farm and Jared <laughs> Kelly who is not going to pitch this year, was your number 10 He's overall He's going to be pick. the number one prospect next year. He's going to be the number one prospect in the Sox system next year. James Fox told us on this show that that's the guy. If you have to look at who's going to be number one next year, that's the guy. I believe it firmly, and I, I, I sunk everything into that for the future because my team's already stacked. But, I mean, I sunk everything into that, and I was like, Jared Kelly – He's, he's going to be on my team for his entire life because I believe this guy's going to be good. And it, look, man, he might be he might be the next wave of pitchers that come along in a couple of years when, you know, Lucas Giolito decides to hold firm on a really big number and Jerry Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf's the entire thing. And we're like, well, we got Jerry Kelly at least. Like, they start, start to learn those guys. But right now, enjoy what's going yes. on. Like, enjoy <laughs> Lucas Giolito before he's on the Dodgers. And God, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He's so, he's so good. Yeah. Just enjoy. Just enjoy Lucas Giolito right now. Like, that's all I want people to do. Just like, just enjoy every time he goes out there and takes them out. Just enjoy this really. season. Just enjoy everything that can happen this year. Man, maybe that's what James Fox is talking about, but I don't think so. Like, if Lucas Giolito signed an extension all of a sudden, like, how happy would you be? Oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, that. You'd be, you'd be giddy, like, right? Yeah. You'd be pants off, dance off, wouldn't it? Well, it's that way every day for me anyway, man. I'm a happy guy, but. <laughs> But in that situation, you know, I might have to lose the shirt, too. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com. Hey, White Socks in the Basement. It's me, Roy. Uh, I've been seeing online. I said, how much can we drink? Y'all, how much can we drink? Well, I know I'm going to down them cooler lights. Like, no day tomorrow, they don't start winning. I'm going to start downing every day. They lose, I'm going to down me a cooler light. Y'all have a good one. Y'all white socks.